Hey there, Ross. Hope you're staying dry on this rainy day in San Francisco. Yeah, with a high of 58 degrees and moderate rain this morning, it seems like a perfect day to catch up on the news. Absolutely, and we've got some interesting stories to kick off your week. First up, giants in the tech and retail sectors, Amazon, SpaceX, and Trader Joe's, are taking a stand against the U.S. Labor Agency. They claim its structure violates the Constitution by denying them a jury trial and restricting judge removal. I'm Steve Onsker. And I'm Jonathan Martin. This is Ahead of the Curve from PocketPod News. Over in Europe, Apple might be facing a hefty fine from the European Union. We're talking about around 500 million euros for allegedly breaching EU competition law with its App Store rules. And in our third story today, the food delivery industry is experiencing significant shifts. While ghost kitchens soared during the pandemic, big names like Wendy's and Kroger are stepping back from this model despite its initial popularity. With these stories making headlines today, we'll dive into what they mean for you and the broader implications on society. Stay with us for all that and more. This message is brought to you by PocketPod, revolutionizing the podcast experience with the power of generative AI. Say goodbye to one-size-fits-all podcasts and hello to content that listens to you, tailored to your interests, schedule, and style preferences. With PocketPod, every episode feels like it's made just for you, transforming how you experience podcasts. Ready for a personalized listening journey? Visit PocketPod.app today to join the waitlist. Big names in the corporate world are making headlines, but not for their latest products or earnings reports. That's right. Companies like Amazon, SpaceX, Trader Joe's, and Starbucks are taking on the National Labor Relations Board, or NLRB. They're challenging its structure and the way it enforces labor laws, claiming constitutional violations. PocketPod News political correspondent Jessica Mallory has been tracking this story. Jessica, these challenges are coming amidst various labor-related complaints against these companies. What's at stake here? Absolutely, Jonathan. What we're seeing is a concerted effort by major corporations such as Amazon, SpaceX, Trader Joe's, and Starbucks to challenge the very structure of the National Labor Relations Board, or NLRB. These companies argue that the NLRB's in-house enforcement proceedings are unconstitutional, specifically claiming that these procedures violate their rights to a fair trial. This is significant because the NLRB plays a crucial role in resolving disputes between employers and employees, particularly around issues of collective bargaining and union activities. That sounds like a broad attack on the NLRB itself. Can you dive into what specific aspects these companies are challenging? Certainly. Starting with Amazon, they've lodged a complaint with the NLRB arguing that its structure infringes upon their right to a jury trial, among other constitutional violations. This was sparked by a case where Amazon was accused of retaliating against workers at their Staten Island warehouse who had voted to unionize in 2022. And it's worth noting that this isn't an isolated incident for Amazon. They've faced over 250 complaints alleging labor practice violations across the United States in recent years. And I understand SpaceX has made similar claims? Yes, that's correct. SpaceX joined this wave of challenges following accusations from the Labor Board that it fired engineers who had been critical of CEO Elon Musk. They filed a lawsuit against the NLRB just one day after those accusations came to light, echoing Amazon's concerns about constitutional rights violations. What about Trader Joe's and Starbucks? How do they fit into this picture? Both Trader Joe's and Starbucks are also contesting the NLRB's operations, but from slightly different angles. Trader Joe's raised their arguments against the board during an NLRB hearing earlier this year in January, 
while two Starbucks baristas have taken it upon themselves to challenge the board's structure through lawsuits aimed at dissolving their unions. These actions indicate a broader discontent with how the NLRB handles its enforcement proceedings among some of America's biggest employers. How could these challenges affect collective bargaining processes? Legal experts warn that if these challenges gain traction, it could significantly disrupt collective bargaining processes between employers and unions. For example, Seth Goldstein, who represents unions in some of these cases, highlighted concerns that employers might feel emboldened to resist bargaining if they believe courts will curtail or even eliminate NLRB enforcement powers. This could create an environment where disputes are more difficult to resolve amicably between parties. And what are the potential legal ramifications if these cases escalate? There's a real possibility that these challenges could prompt a review by the Supreme Court due to its conservative majority's skepticism towards agency and House proceedings like those conducted by the NLRB. Legal experts suggest that such cases could have far-reaching implications for labor law enforcement and union activities across America if they reach higher courts. It underscores how pivotal this moment is for labor relations and potentially sets up landmark decisions on how labor disputes are handled moving forward. It seems like we're at a critical juncture for labor laws in America. Indeed we are, Jonathan. The outcome of these challenges could reshape not only how labor laws are enforced, but also how employers and unions interact with each other on matters of collective bargaining and workplace rights. Thanks for breaking down this complex issue for us today. My pleasure, Jonathan. Thank you for having me. Big tech companies are once again under the microscope. This time, it's Apple in the spotlight. Right. The European Union is reportedly gearing up to fine Apple about 500 million euros. That's for alleged breaches of EU competition law related to its App Store policies. PocketPod News Business and Finance correspondent Scott Dwyer is here to break down what this means for Apple, the EU, and potentially consumers. Scott, this revolves around how Apple treats other purchasing options within its App Store, correct? Yes, Jonathan, that's exactly right. You know, the core of this issue is based around the European Union's allegations against Apple for its practices within the App Store, you know, particularly how it treats alternative purchasing options. According to reports, the EU is preparing to levy a fine of approximately 500 million euros against Apple for what it sees as breaches of EU competition law. These breaches are primarily focused on rules that Apple has in place within its App Store, that restrict developers from informing users about other purchasing options available outside of the App Store itself. That sounds like a significant penalty. Can you delve a bit deeper into why the European Union is taking such a strong stance against Apple? Certainly, the European Commission's concerns stem from accusations that Apple uh, is distorting competition in the music streaming market through its App Store rules, essentially by limiting developers from communicating alternative purchasing options to users Apple is accused of maintaining an unfair advantage in the market. This not only potentially impacts consumer choice by restricting information on where and how they can purchase digital products and services, but also affects competitors' ability to compete on an even playing field. The fine, expected to be announced early next month according to unnamed sources cited by the Financial Times, represents a significant move by the EU to address these concerns. And what has been the response from Apple and the European Commission to these reports? Well, Jonathan, both parties have been quite tight-lipped about this situation. 
neither Apple nor the European Commission has made any official comments regarding the report on this impending fine. This silence suggests that there could still be ongoing discussions or legal proceedings happening behind closed doors concerning this matter. It seems like this could have broader implications for digital markets and consumer choice. Could you expand on that? Absolutely. This case is emblematic of a larger trend where regulatory bodies are increasingly scrutinizing tech giants' practices to ensure they maintain fair competition within digital markets. The actions taken against companies like Apple highlight growing concerns about how platform rules and restrictions can significantly impact consumer choice and market dynamics, especially in sectors such as music streaming, where access and affordability are key factors for users. By enforcing uh, competition laws more stringently, regulators aim to create a level playing field where all stakeholders have fair opportunities to compete and innovate. This not only benefits consumers by providing them with more choices, but also encourages healthy competition, which can lead to better services and innovations within these ecosystems. It will be interesting to see how this situation unfolds and what it means for companies operating in digital markets moving forward. Scott Dwyer from PocketPod News Business and Finance, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. It's always interesting discussing these dynamic issues affecting our digital landscape today. The food industry experienced a seismic shift during the COVID-19 pandemic, with ghost kitchens emerging as a major trend. Absolutely. These kitchens operated without a physical dining space, thriving on delivery and takeout. But as we've moved past the pandemic, there's been a noticeable decline in their popularity. To understand the rise, fall, and what's next for ghost kitchens, we're joined by PocketPod News business correspondent Jared Holcomb. Jared, Nimbus Kitchen is trying something new to adapt in this changing landscape. Can you tell us more? Absolutely, Jonathan. Nimbus Kitchen is indeed navigating through these changes with some innovative strategies. Initially, the concept of ghost kitchens thrived during the pandemic, largely because they provided a low-cost, flexible solution for restaurants and chefs facing closed dining spaces and a surge in delivery demand. Investors saw the potential, too, pouring over $3 billion into startups in this space between 2020 and 2022. That's quite a significant investment. But then we saw a shift away from ghost kitchens post-pandemic. What happened? Well, several factors contributed to this shift. Firstly, as pandemic restrictions eased and restaurants reopened, consumer preferences leaned back towards dining out rather than relying solely on delivery. But it wasn't just about changing habits. There were concerns about transparency with ghost kitchens. People wanted to know where their food was coming from. Additionally, issues like price inflation and stricter regulations on delivery apps made operating ghost kitchens more challenging. Delivery services started removing problematic ghost kitchens from their platforms due to authenticity complaints from customers. It sounds like a complex situation with various moving parts influencing the decline of ghost kitchens. How have major players in the industry been affected? Major players have indeed felt the impact significantly. Cloud kitchens, for example, faced closures and job cuts amidst these changing dynamics despite having raised substantial funding initially. The industry's downturn post-pandemic highlighted that while branded ghost kitchens struggled, 
there might still be room for smaller brands or niche concepts that can tap into the efficiency and cost-effectiveness of shared kitchen spaces. With those challenges in mind, how is Nimbus Kitchen adapting its business model to stay relevant? Nimbus Kitchen is taking an interesting approach by diversifying beyond just delivery concepts to include events and catering services. This move not only broadens their market, but also fosters community engagement by offering diverse culinary experiences beyond traditional delivery models. Shared kitchens like Nimbus offer flexibility for food, businesses at various growth stages, and cater to different types of culinary ventures. Looking forward then, what's the future outlook for ghost kitchens? Can they bounce back or evolve in this evolving landscape? The future still holds potential for ghost kitchens, but it requires adaptation and a focus on areas such as transparency and customer experience. CBRE has forecasted that by 2025, ghost kitchens could account for 21% of the U.S. restaurant industry with a potential market size reaching $1 trillion by 2030. This suggests that there's still significant opportunity if businesses can navigate the evolving consumer preferences and regulatory landscape effectively. It seems like there's still hope for this sector, with adaptation being key to success moving forward. Exactly, Jonathan. The trajectory of ghost kitchens reflects a dynamic landscape where flexibility and innovation are crucial. By focusing on community engagement and diverse culinary experiences beyond just deliveries, companies like Nimbus Kitchen are setting an example of how to adapt in this changing environment. Fascinating insights, as always, from PocketPod News business correspondent Jared Holcomb. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. And that's ahead of the curve for Monday, February 19th, 2024. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Thank you for listening, Ross. We hope you have a good day and we will see you tomorrow. This podcast was created by PocketPod entirely with AI. If you'd like to learn more, head over to pocketpod.app.